So I've been following the radio and that, the radio development in many senses, but uh, in one way as a com consumer. Okay. How, because I had the radio and I had the specific, uh, maybe I didn't know about it, but I'm, I've been reflecting on it later on that I had this, uh, I think so many people have this uh, specific personal relation to the radio and then it's been changing uh, together with the technology changes. Yeah from the very big ones. So where did your relationship with the radio begin? I think it did begin when I was looking into, we had a huge, like, um, a huge furniture that was the radio and I remember I was looking through a little glints in the, or what do you call it? A little strip or an open thing in yeah. the, in a little door in that thing and I thought that people were sitting inside there to to talk, so that was my first. I have like a, an image of me sitting and trying to see the people inside the radio, and then from then on, yeah, well, it was my fir first recording equipment too because I, I got the cassette player at one time, which also. I bought it because of the radio, but it also had this possibility to record. Record onto cassette Okay. Tape, yeah. yeah. So that was also an important part, and, you know. And there you go, we, we don't go all the way. <laughs> <laughs> when did you feel like you started making radio art? In the 80s I started to experiment with sound and I had this four-track recorder. Uh, which was amazing because yeah. then I could suddenly start to experiment and to make my own sound. Before that I was playing in a band and doing other things, but just this four track made me able to to yeah put many sounds on top of each other and also uh, yeah, play it in another way. And that led me into doing a theater performance collaboration with some other people. And we went to actually to Krakow and there I I think maybe I think maybe it was even before I'm not quite sure of the timeline yeah the timeline exactly there but I brought some cassettes and then I brought some I started to record radio at one point in that period with the theater as well I worked mm -hmm. with the theater and then I got completely hooked actually so the first installation I did on my own was in 98. Wow. And that was four radios on strings in the woods outside Bergen. Four, yeah, four cassette players actually in the, in the woods and they were playing, uh, yeah, like a one composition. So it was actually a spatial work as well without me really reflecting on that either, but mm -hmm. it was these four radios and they hung there in October for a month between the, in the, yeah, in the forest. And the, um, the radio, or the there was a kind of a composition, I, I recorded signals, like medium wave signals, and I recorded it from my studio in, in uh, Bergen, which is close to the sea, so I had a long antenna and 
just it's like fishing <laughs> I got in these different uh, beautiful sounds and I just started to play them there was yeah, I recorded the world news and I searched up, this was uh, the AM or the medium wave signal. So I searched up many stations and tried to find if there was a common uh, thing they were talking about, like yeah. common news. And that became a piece, it was an experimental stage, but it was fun to work with it. Okay. So was there a common theme? Yeah, there was a couple of common teams that I remember now when one was uh, actually the Monika Lewinsky scandal. Oh, okay. And they were, it, was, it felt like it was a lot of gossip in the ether somehow. Yeah. Oh, have you heard? Wow, yeah, you know. And there were a lot of discussions. And uh, the other one that I remember, also because I have the, the recordings, was that Primakov was becoming a prime minister in Russia. So that was also something that we were talking about on many stations in mm -hmm. several different languages. And you can hear the, hear the, yeah, Levinsky, it was e easy to defect. <laughs> How do you use this medium of sound to kind of transform spaces, transform time. One of the things I do, I think I convert it through myself. So it's, it's a kind of a pers personal filter. Yes. And I really like to distribute the sound back to the radios. So it's some, some kind of a, uh, I record it, I let it go through me and I give it back to the radios again. Lately I've been also working quite a lot with FM transmission, like local FM, so I've been sending the, this radio back to the radios, but then I have converted into my, uh, my personal way of uh, treating the material. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting with the news because they are really, as you say, they are really time frames, but I, in a way I freeze them because then they are giving back to a space and they stay there for a long time. So it's a little bit like photography in a way, that you like you, you do that. Take a snapshot. Yeah, take a snapshot and then you keep it. So, and, but the, the, in the ether, the, the signals keep running. I mean, the signals, they keep, also keep changing. Yeah. So the, the signals, uh, many years ago, they are not there anymore, but I remember them. You remember them, I'm sure. If I ask, maybe if I ask you what the modem signal, do you have any reference to modem? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. But it's not there anymore. No. So I think it's a lot of these. And now maybe we are dealing with glitches in dub, like, you know, the, the digital cuts. Yeah. I don't know. So maybe one day we find that also very beautiful. <laughs> so it's, it's something very interesting about this, the, the memory and what happens when it's not there or when it's there. If we like it or don't like it or whether it is actually the time who's 
because we we also experience nice things or bad things connected to that soundscape. Yes. And then we have moved to another place and they these sounds are not there anymore. So it, does it have anything to say? Does it how what kind of impact does it have to us? I'm interested in that. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> But then, so what do you think can be kind of found in this void of like of frequencies, or do you have any speculation for what will kind of replace it? What's next, or is there a post radio? Yeah, I don't really like to think about that. I think it is. I mean, the radio will. Exp- uh, the radio is very, very strong. I mean, the radio has just converted all the time. Yes. And it's, it still does. Uh, podcasts, for instance. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I think the radio is really strong today too. Uh, but the physical waves that it uh, exists in changes, mm-hmm. definitely. And uh, I really like this physical um, aspect of the radio, so I'm not so happy about that. And I think it's a, a kind of a shame in a way also because we have to throw away all these radios so, uh, and get some new. And this is also a crazy thing when we at the same time try to save the world and try to, to be ecologic. And this is, so this is some very contradictory yeah. At I the think. same time, everything just becomes obsolete, and you have to replace it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I'm not so worried about the radio in itself. I think that will be really, and I, I think it's very exciting what's happening now too with yeah. all this independent, more visual. To me, it's more or more more audio. It's easier to reach now, mm-hmm. also because it hasn't so, been so many around where I live. It's because of the internet and because of the digital is also getting more accessible. I can hear more and I know more about what's going on around mm-hmm. in the radio. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's it has so many different sides because it's also wonderful with that non-demand. I don't know what to call it when you cannot choose yourself. You just have to listen into the radio yeah, when yeah. it is. That was uh, that is also some has some really strong value. I think. But I don't know that that exists anywhere anymore. <laughs> Everything is on demand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But maybe, maybe that also could. I think there is some who's doing that consciously who want that as a statement to yeah. that you cannot. It's gonna be. It's gonna disappear. So you have to be there now. So even if it's, uh, I, th- it, I mean, it's definitely bo- uh, possible to do both. Mm-hmm. But I like it. Yeah. In one way. 
Well, a sound installation or a performance is a be there now, experience this right now. That's true. Together That's true. with other yeah. people. And it's very sad to take it down. <laughs> the last day of an installation oh is very God. sad. No kidding. Now it's gone. It's over. It's over. But on the other hand, that's the nature of that. But that's true, that's a temporal uh, Everything. thing. And if you wasn't there, you could see some, uh, yeah, you can see some picture of it or some video or some, but it's not the work. Yeah. You were not there. It's exactly. just more a picture of it, yeah. You didn't experience it. Yeah, 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 which is a big difference. And that's, I think that's still wonderful to work with spaces, to inhabit a space and try to uh, tune it somehow, as you talk about. To tune a space and tune, to see what's there, what the response is and what history has been in that space before and if there is something to link up to. Yeah. It's very interesting. And then, like, bodies in the space, and as you say, you take the radio, the sound, put it through yourself, and, and then kind of give it back. So, wonder what you think about sound and embodiment? I mean, the sound is very strong. It's physical, definitely. Yeah. But it also has this, for instance, if we go back to the radios again, if you think about the different voices, they also inhabit us somehow. I mean, it's the physical voice just as much as the content that is coming into my presence or my, my system. Yeah. Also, and I find that also very interesting because, or attractive. Let's say I've been listening to a radio program for a while and I don't know what, what that person looked like. And then suddenly I hear the voice behind me, you know? Like it can happen, and that is also something very. I, I really like that uh, that we don't know this person, but it's very physical. Totally. I mean, it's the materiality of the voice who's uh, getting in somehow, and sometimes I can hear the the, the similar voice in an uncle of my husband. He had a very special voice, and I heard that in several others on the radio. And then you have this link between people you don't even know what look like, so it's it's just the character of the voice. And I, when I've been working with this um, radio material, and I really like to, to the voices and languages without actually understanding the content so much. Right. Um, and that's also this, yeah, the physicality in a way of the the, and the presence of the voice which make me also pick this voice instead of this voice. And yeah, I wanted to ask you just like, yeah, about kind of sound beyond meaning. Like, what is it that, what's the value when you can, you know, of a voice if you can't understand the words or can sound kind of transform this idea of meaning to you? Yeah, absolutely. And it also operates on several levels because it's also operating on that non-verbal level which is definitely very important mm -hmm. and which has, has, yeah, it connects with other parts or other senses. Uh, it's just necessary. I mean, we, we refer like that to music and that's obvious. We don't, you don't ask for 
what does it mean? You just take it in. Yeah. And I think that's the same. To me, that is the same with voices. Of course, there's difference. I mean, if I listen to a radio program, I want to hear the content. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way I work, I'm interested in the voices in another, on another level. And also, but also my works need the content, so I'm searching for quite narrow topics when I work. And that's also for me to learn and understand what I'm doing. I would use uh, the voices as instruments for sound fragments for a composition mm-hmm. and listening to other things than the content but uh, so the contents to me in my work comes in uh, as like an over uh, overarching how uh, what I'm looking for when I'm working yeah like for instance the meanwhile in Shanghai is a work I've been working with during some years and it started with me recording FM when I was out traveling. And I found uh, many places I was, have been with my work and I haven't maybe understood the language. So I've been tuning into the radio maybe five o'clock or six o'clock. And then I record the time information. And I also always know that even if I don't understand what's said, uh, I hear the time signal and then I hear the hear a voice and I know that this is the, I mean now the time comes and then the news. And I've been interesting, so I've been using that as a starting point for a, a work which is related to time and place on the radio. Cinco de la mañana. Tonight at 6.30, 7.30 Atlantic, 8 in Newfoundland. And when I started with that, it was, I have a lot of these recordings with, time is now seven o'clock, there and there. And, um, but this had disappeared uh, more and more. I mean, yeah. we, don't, we don't relate to radio the same way anymore. But it, has, it, it happened while I was working with it. And that's, that became a work. While collecting this and just putting it into an archive, I thought that. And now is the time to use it. Oh, it's fascinating that you're creating your own archives. You know it's going to become obsolete, so the, and that this is going to be important to look back at. Yeah, I get aware of it while working, actually. That has happened several times. Okay, so it's yeah. not like necessarily like inherent when you go into it, but once you start, you realize. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And it, because it also happens very fast. So, who owns the sound? Oh, that's a good question. I do. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> And I've never come into that situation. Like now, for instance, with the recording of the archive of Deutsche Welle, they gave me access. So yeah. I was uh, allowed to, do, to, to use all the work. But I don't know who have been talking, and it would be nice to meet these people. <laughs> it's hundreds, you know? <laughs> 
But yeah, definitely, it, it, it wouldn't be put together that way by anybody else because it's, I did it. Yes. So I feel free to, to use this as my own sound material. And it's so vast the way radio becomes almost like wind or rain or birds chirping. It's field recording of this environment that has been part of our sonic environment for so long. Another thing I really like with the radio, not as a digital, or, or it could be digital too, but the radio as objects, is that you find them everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, this uh, one in the kitchen, one at the bathroom, one here, one there, which also gives it a completely different uh, reverb and things like that. And yeah. that's not so exciting with a little computer or a little telephone or something like that. Or yeah. I think we also use headphones a lot. Or Gentlemen, this is Carl Schultz speaking to you from Cologne, Germany. Los propagandistas comunistas de Berlín Oriental festejan la erección de las vigorosas medidas con una mezcla de cinismo y de sádica alegría. This is Carl Schultz speaking to you from Cologne, Germany. What are you working on now? At the moment, I just hear in, uh, we have just met a very nice artist who is called Anton Katz. And we will work together on a radio piece in Bergen in a month. Okay. Possible to take one project and then go a little step further to look at the next one and yeah. try to develop that. I like to work that way. It's, yeah, I think it's a good way to yeah, continue yeah. to build on Yeah, learn, learn on the way. Yeah, so this 40 channel installation, then converting it into a 50 minute radio piece. What did you learn through that? Or how did you experience it differently? The initial commission was to make, a, to create a piece for 40 channel, or that was my idea actually. It was a work in public space, in a passage in Bonn, mm -hmm. in Germany. And 
um, because I had all these languages, I was interested in giving each speaker a voice or one language. So I had 31 uh, uh, speakers that had assigned one language each. Mm -hmm. And then I had five speakers who were giving out more radio-specific or radiophonic sounds like cracking and time pip. And then there was, in the roof, there was uh, more atmospheric sounds. And they changed over the day, so they were started with high pitch in the morning and then they were down and in the evening there was quite the bassy drone hanging in the roof. <laughs> nice. But So that was, so all the sounds that were assigned to the space. And that was very exciting to work like that and to me quite logic. And then this passage is about 70 meters long. So it's it was very much about coloring the space and give the, the, the energy from the radio and the atmosphere from the radio into that passage. So the next, when that was up running and then I got this commission to make it into a stereo. Uh, and I had, uh, it was a very, very big difference. So it was a completely other way of thinking because I didn't have that big space anymore. I didn't have one speaker for each language and if I would play these 40 speakers through a stereo it would sound like a cluster and not very interesting. So I started in a way over again but kept the structure of developed being starting with one language as I, I'm following the timeline of the development of how when the different languages came into mm -hmm. to the ether from Deutsche Welle. And then I add, because it's so many beautiful languages, I just add them, but it's a completely other way. So there becomes, a, instead of having this long row of speakers, it becomes a dialogue within these different languages. So the Arab is uh, speaking in a way with the Italian or the Chinese is coming much later in the timeline because um, so it's completely other way of composing. Do you feel like anything was like lost or gained? No, it was like uh, assigning two completely different spaces. So it was just like site two different site-specific works, I would right. say. Yeah, and the one is for this big space and for a person moving through it. And the other one is for for a person sitting still and having his head as the the space in a way. So completely. Or another thing that I really like to think about is that the the second one, the stereo one for radio, is I lose control, so I give it away. Uh, so I don't know who where it will be played. So. Okay, I would like if people hear it on headphones because it is in a way distributed. So it will work on headphones, but on the other hand, the radio can be everywhere. So, and I, I really like that. That's 
It's a nice thing to think about that now it's out there somewhere in a lot of radios if I'm lucky, or in some computers and some headsets. And it's not up to me to decide where what the space is. You ca- you lose some control over your listener. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think that's nice, and that's a nice thing with the radio. I think. And it was very nice to listen to it because I was it, it was uh, launched online on on FM. Yes. Um, so I was in my own living room tuning into my own work, and that was quite funny. How did it feel with the resonance of the room that you were in? <laughs> Strange. Yeah. 